Welcome back to Whose Crime Is It Anyway? I'm Shell. And I'm Lisa. And we're back after a very long break to bring you (laughs) another case of true crime from the true north. We're back. Oh my gosh, I have missed this so much. I know, we both just have like the biggest smiles on our faces right now. I know, it's been a couple months, three months. Yeah, it's the winter came, guys. Yeah, it came and it it's still here. Yeah. But we are back and it feels so good to be recording again. For sure. So over the holidays, a lot of people I know tested positive for COVID. Oh yeah. And... We're in year three of a pandemic. Is it three? Yeah. Well, I guess technically it did start in 2019. We're in year three. Fuck me. I know. I'm over, I'm over it. Yeah, I think it's pretty safe to say that we are all exhausted with what's happening and it can take a toll on our mental health. Mm-hmm. Not only do we have stress of regular life, but on top of all that, we're living in very strange times. Mm-hmm. So take care of yourselves, take a break if you need to, and we hope you enjoy some new Who's Crime content coming your way. So I do have a review to share from Megan18M from Canada. She says, love your podcast, five stars. Feels like I'm hanging out with my gals when listening to their episodes. Love the cases they cover. I'm also from Canada, woo woo, and how they cover them. Thank you, guys. Smiley face. Thanks, Megan. We love those five-star reviews. Actually, you know what I noticed today is that Spotify does reviews now. So if you are not on an iPhone and you've always dreamed of giving us a review, feel free to head over to Spotify and give us those five stars. That's amazing. I've been waiting for them to have that. I know. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I gave ourselves a five star <laughs> today oh 100 and i think that i was the first person to do it because i had no idea that it was it was on there i did not know either and i use spotify exclusively now to listen to podcasts so oh, nice i think i will go through all my podcasts now and give ratings and reviews awesome. i love it well if you didn't know now you know i didn't say that right and if you don't know now, now you, you know, know. <laughs> This week, I'm sharing a missing persons case that involves a famous skiing destination and a boy who seemingly walked out the door and into the cold night, never to be seen again. I heard about this case when it happened in 2018, and it's coming up on the four-year anniversary of his disappearance. It's a very curious case, and I'm super interested to know your thoughts, Lise, on theories and anything of what could have happened. On February 17th, 2018, a 20-year-old boy was at a party in the little town of Sun Peaks, British Columbia. Late that night, he said his goodbyes and walked out into the minus 25-degree weather. The next morning, he never showed up for work. He didn't answer any calls from his friends, family, or co-workers. And his roommate said he never came home that night from the party, The boy had vanished, without even a set of footprints in the snow. This is the disappearance of Ryan Stuka. Take it away, girl. (laughs) 
On Saturday, February 17th, 2018, Heather and Scott Stuka are running weekend errands together before picking up their daughter at ringette practice. The Stuka family lives in Beaumont, Alberta, which is a city just outside of Edmonton. Heather and Scott's son, Ryan, had recently moved the year before to the little town of Sun Peaks in British Columbia to chase after his snowboarding dreams. Ryan is 20 years old, 6 feet tall, and works as a ski lift operator at the Sun Peaks Resort. He's a loyal, smart, athletic guy and could be quiet until you got to know him. But his love for snowboarding was strong. Before his shifts at the Sun Peaks Resort, Ryan would make sure to snowboard throughout the day and taking the last run possible before he had to clock in. Sometimes it even made him late for work, but his manager didn't seem to care too much. They even offered him a promotion as a supervisor, but he turned it down. He didn't want more responsibility. Ryan was in Sun Peaks to snowboard and have as much fun as possible. For sure, why take away more time from being on the slopes exactly like from the gnar bro yeah shredding the gnar (laughs) chris fucking says it's the only reason i know what that even means i know steve says Uh, that too god (laughs) no but it's so true like i can only imagine you're 20 like you are taking time off from going to school or whatever and you're just like there in this beautiful mountain town like skiing, snowboarding, living your life. It's very much like Whistler where we get a lot of it is. Uh, people come over from Australia to work in Whistler, but they work at night so that during the day they can be, take full advantage of the mountain. 100%. Yeah. So what made the move even better for Ryan is that his childhood best friend James moved with him. They were roommates in some peaks, living with four other roommates and bunking in the same room together. Literally, the two boys shared a bunk bed. Oh, that's so cute. Right? I like that. Okay, so wait, there's six people in a house? Yeah, so there was like two girls who lived upstairs, and then there was a couple who shared the master bedroom, and then there was Ryan and James who had their own room, and they were In the bunks. Yeah, in the bunks. (laughs) So on that Saturday in February, Heather, Ryan's mom, receives a text message from James. James is Ryan's best friend. And she didn't think too much of it. She'd known James for a long time. They were childhood best friends, him and Ryan. And it wasn't unusual for them to share a few texts back and forth every now and again. Okay. Like, you know, texting your best friend's mom for whatever Mm -hmm. reason, right? But at 9.30 p.m., Heather opened the message and she read it. Then she read it again and again before reading it out loud to her husband, Scott. The text from James said, Hey Heather, just wanted to let you know that Ryan didn't show up for work today and didn't come home last night. We filed a missing persons report and you might get contacted. Wanted to give you a heads up. Oh, God. Yeah, like heart sinking in this moment for a mom. What? Yeah. Yeah. Excuse me? So Heather called James right away when she read this and... She wanted to just get some more information. But at the time, James really wasn't even sure what was going on. He just knew that he hadn't seen Ryan and it was concerning enough that he felt like the kind of, you know, he'd talked to the friends and the other roommates and they all decided, you know, we should contact RCMP. Mm -hmm. 
So Scott, Ryan's dad, decides to call the Kamloops RCMP to find out what he can. Unfortunately, they had very little information to give the family. So what would any parents do? They pack their things and they start on the nine and a half hour drive from Beaumont Mm -hmm. to Sun Peaks, leaving at 10.30 p.m. that same evening. Wow. Yeah, we're not wasting any time. Let's go. Yeah, like hopping in that car and we are going. Mm -hmm. So after the long, dark, snow-filled drive, like this is not an easy drive to do in the winter through the mountains, like from Alberta to BC. It's not not an easy drive. Mm -hmm. They eventually arrive in Sun Peaks at 6.30 a.m. the next morning. They do find out that canine units had been brought out to search for Ryan the evening before, and a search party was mobilizing again at first light. So sun was coming up around 839, Mm -hmm. so they were kind of going to start at that point. Okay, so they were searching with the canines basically when they were driving up. Exactly, yeah. Um, When did, what time was the text message that came in from from James? James? The text was at 9.30, or at least that's when Heather read it, p.m. Oh, at p.m. Okay, and sorry, where did he work again? Ryan. Yeah. So he worked at the Sun Peaks Resort. So the hotel. Yeah, it's like the hotel, resort, ski lift, everything is there. Okay. What time was his shift supposed to start at? Because it seems like a long time. Like, if he didn't come home the night before, it seems like a long time to wait until 9.30, like... I'm just conf- I'm just wondering like when what time was he actually supposed to start his shift? So from what I know, he was supposed to start his shift at 7 p.m. And okay. I do know that the manager, Ryan's manager, did text one of Ryan's friends. I'm not sure if it was James or if it was another roommate mm-hmm. to say, you know, we really need Ryan here. Can you make sure that he's here? Because sometimes, you know, he would come a bit late. Okay, right, right, right. To put into context, this is a very small town, and I will go into Sun Peaks a little bit more later, but it is very small. 600 people have, Mm -hmm. like, been recorded to have it as their place of living, like, in a census report. Like, 600 Mm -hmm. people, Mm -hmm. right? It's very transient, but everyone kind of knows everyone. Like, everyone basically works at the Sun Peaks Resort. Right, right. Pretty much everyone who's living there is there for the season. Exactly. So... It wasn't out of the ordinary for, like, the manager to be friends with Ryan's friends and all of that because everyone is just connected. Mm -hmm. So that did happen, but I know that the roommates weren't concerned. You know, Ryan's 20. He's an adult. Like, Mm -hmm. they're not checking his room to make sure he's in there all day. Right. It was just kind of like, okay, it's 9.30 or it's 9 p.m. It's 8 p.m. He hadn't shown up for work. They start to get concerned. That's when things get, yeah. Okay. Exactly. So Heather and Scott's biggest fear was that the RCMP would actually call them while they were driving to say that Ryan had been found and he'd been found deceased. Oh. But that did not happen. Ryan was still missing. And search efforts continued on Sunday and he was still missing. So, Lise, I know that you've spent some time in Sun Peaks. Yeah, I'm actually going next weekend. Yes, I knew that. Yeah. So how would you describe this ski town? Oh, there's there's one road up. It's very small. It's one of those little villages where you can ski through. It's really cute. I would say that it's very quaint. It's maybe on a scale comparing it to like the Whistler village. It's like 
a quarter or like an not even a quarter of the size of Whistler Village. It's so small. There's maybe like two or three bars, some restaurants, but majority of Sun Peaks are townhouses and rental units for yeah. travelers and uh, tourists. Exactly. It is very small. Mm-hmm. It's also 45 minutes to an hour outside of Kamloops, which is like right. the biggest city. And I'd say it's like similar, like you said, to resort towns like Whistler, but on a much smaller scale. Much smaller scale, yeah. Like it is tiny. It's very like, cute. It's so cute. It's adorable. That's, yeah, that's how I can describe it. It is. And it is transient. People are coming in and out to spend mm-hmm. a weekend or mm-hmm. they work there while they're skiing or snowboarding from out of country. Like you said, Australia, like a lot of mm-hmm. people come from Australia and they work there. And the resort is the main industry and it's like an incredibly beautiful place and mountain to visit, mm-hmm. but it is very small. Yeah. And in February 2018, it was cold. Like temperatures were at minus 20 degrees Celsius on average and even cooler in the evening. Yeah, that's cold. So the super cold weather and the snow that was coming down was making it a challenge to find Ryan and like even hold out hope that he was still alive. Okay, who was the last person to see him? Like where was he? Like who saw, what was he doing before he went missing? Do we know? So... I listened to a great interview with Heather Stuka, Ryan's mom, on Jason Hebert's YouTube channel. And she details exactly what she knows that Ryan did the day and the night before he went missing. And does she know this just purely because of what James has told her or other people that were with him? Yes, there were a lot of interviews that the RCMP did with people at this party that he was at, with the friends he was with, and everyone was interviewed and gave their story. And it basically all of it lines up. So we'll we'll walk through it. Okay. So on Friday, February 16th, 2018, Ryan worked all day at Sun Peaks Resort. It was actually payday for him. So during his shift, he logged into his online bank, he paid his rent, and he also took out some cash to spend later that evening. Super normal. Exactly what I would have done too. Super normal. 100% normal. And his mom even says that he took out this cash because he didn't want to put his card down at the bar because he wanted to just make sure that he wasn't spending beyond his means Mm -hmm. so after his shift at work ryan picked up a friend that was sick or not feeling well and drove them to a store i'm assuming like a pharmacy to pick up some advil or something and then back to staff accommodations so staff accommodations is what heather refers to as this place where a lot of people who worked at the resort lived Mm mm-hmm and then Ryan went home. So he didn't live at staff accommodations, but oh, he lived okay. close by. Okay. Then Ryan got changed into dark jeans, a gray and white shirt, a blue coat, and a burgundy baseball cap. He chugged a beer at his house, and he caught a ride back into town where the resort is. There are some restaurants and bars where his friends were gathering. They ended up going to a place called Massa's for a drink before they went mm-hmm. to Bottoms, which is a local pub where Ryan and his friends stayed until the pub closed. All right. 
So Bottoms was hosting a silent disco that night where everyone receives oh. headphones playing the same music. Oh my god. I remember that when these were like so all the rage. I never went to one. But I remember when they were like very big and popular. I've only ever heard of people doing that at weddings when there's noise um, bylaws. Yeah. Yeah. So they put these headsets on and everyone's just dancing in silence and it looks so funny, but like there's music coming through. Totally. Oh my God, a disco? Yeah. Silent oh, disco. Be so fun. So much fun. So they stayed there until close. So after Bottoms, it's about a 20 minute walk back to where Ryan and his friend James lived and they lived on Sun Peaks Road. So the group of friends started walking, but a bus actually stopped and offered to give them a lift down the hill. So the bus was headed back into Kamloops after dropping off people from the airport who had a oh. late flight. Okay, that was super nice of him to offer that. Oh yeah, it's like negative 20 degrees. Right. You see like a group of kids kind of walking down the hill. Like you said, yeah. there's only one road in yeah. and out. Like that's it. Yeah. There's one road. It's not like a highway either. It's very no. windy and it's like... It kind of reminds me of when we go up to Cyprus. Yeah, just like one windy road up the mountain. Yeah. But the group didn't want the night to end. There was talk of an after party happening on Burfield Drive, which is one street over from Sun Peaks Road. So the group of friends and Ryan showed up to the house and they kept on partying. There was drinking and there was definitely some recreational drugs happening throughout the night. There have been some reports that Ryan did take... MDMA. Okay. So in total, about 30 to 50 people were coming and going from this house party. Okay. Around 2 a.m., there were only nine people left, Ryan and eight of his friends, including James and two of his other roommates, the couple that lived in that house. Oh, okay. So James actually got up first, and he said he was going to walk home. Only a little while later, I don't know if it was like 15 minutes, half an hour, Ryan's other roommates were getting tired and said that they were also going to leave. Ryan told them that he would come with them. He just needed to put on his jacket. Okay. So they leave. They're walking down the road. And the couple turned around. And they realized that Ryan wasn't with them. Oh. In the moment, they didn't actually think anything of it. Maybe he wanted to stay at the party. Yeah. Well, like maybe he was just like saying his goodbyes and it just was taking him like five minutes longer than they thought and they just kept walking and didn't realize that he hadn't walked out exactly like or maybe he forgot something and ran maybe back he had to go to the bathroom like who exactly knows? there's so many reasons that this moment could have happened how long had they been walking before they realized he wasn't behind them in reports i've seen that it's like it's not that long like i would say maybe it's like five minutes where they're like talking chatting walking and then they kind of turn around right. and look thinking that Ryan is going to like be following behind catching them, up. Yeah. catching up, and he's not there. Okay. But remember, it's negative 20 degrees out. Yeah, they're probably just like, we need to get the fuck home. Like, let's get going. Yeah, like when it's that cold and you're walking outside, you're like mm -hmm. bundling and you're like going fast mm -hmm. because it's cold, right? And yeah. it was a little bit of a trek back to their place. It wasn't far, but from on Google Maps, the Burfield Drive where the party was is this like smaller road that's kind of like beneath the main road of Sun Peaks Road. Okay. You just have to walk along Burfield Drive and then you kind of take a left and you hit Sun Peaks Road and then you kind of are walking on a more lit road that's more main and then you reach 
Ryan's place. Mm-hmm. So it's not far, maybe like 10 minutes of okay. walking, but it's still, it's freaking cold out. It's freezing. But this is the last time that anyone saw Ryan. The last time. Okay, did people actually, people saw him leave the house, obviously. Yeah, so they saw him get his jacket on yeah. and leave. Okay. But no one knows what happens next. And it's a gap in the data. Like, it's a gap in the research. I can't find any of the friends who say, like, oh, he stayed behind, hung out with us, and then he left. It's just, like, he left and no one knows what happens next. So they didn't say, like, how far after, how long after that couple left that that he followed behind? Like, oh, they walked out and then maybe five minutes later he left. They didn't give a timeline of that? There's no timeline. The timeline is that he left around 2 a.m. So that makes no sense because if something were to happen to him basically as soon as he left the house... Like, there's a five-minute gap, it, like, a short gap between the couple looking back and the house, like, and something happening to him. Exactly, because they're looking back, they're not seeing him. So if he left the house right after them, something must, must have happened right then. Like, right there. Or it happened in the very small window of time where they round the other corner. And remember, there's snow on the ground, and I was... Saying this to Steve the other day when it was snowing so much in Vancouver, how quiet it is outside when it snows. It does absorb sound, but like you would hear the crunching. When I was up there last year, all of the, um, not the main road, the side roads. So like all around the residential areas where all the townhouses were, where the hotel was, it was packed snow because they get so much snow. It was just packed down. So the only road that didn't have any snow on it at all was like the main road leading up to Sun Peaks. And once you got up to the village, that's all it was, was just snow. I think that if they're walking down one of those side streets that there would be snow on the ground, you would think that you would hear it. He was wearing sneakers. Um, They may have just not heard them. I don't know. It would have been a very small window of time where they would have reached the end of the road, taken the left to get up to the main road, and kind of rounded around the bend to get home so it's not a far walk like it's maybe 10 minutes okay so his roommates had all left at this point james had gone first yep and then the couple Mm -hmm. who were the other two roommates because there were six people in the house right they weren't there at all that night they weren't there as far as i know okay so then who was left over what i do know is that two of those so there was eight pe- there's nine people in total, Ryan, mm-hmm. James, the couple. So there would have yeah. been six people left. Five people. Oh yeah, five people, you're right. Oh my god, my math is so bad. I'm even counting on my fingers and my math is bad. <laughs> okay, so five. So five people left over and two of them owned the building that the party was in. So there's three more. I don't know who these three people were. All I know is that they were friends of Ryan's. Okay all-known friends obviously if he was there to the end and hanging out and all they can say is that they watched him leave and that was it i cannot find someone that definitively says they watched him leave okay okay so i was just watching this sounds so silly we were watching lord of the rings today love lord of the rings and i've learned a couple things about movies lately like watching harry potter and Mm -hmm. lord of the rings 
And if there is a character that they don't show physically dying on the screen, then they didn't die because they're going to come back and surprise you. Like if they don't actually show them die. They come back to life. Then there's more to the story. Like <laughs> There's it's more not, to it's, the story. Yeah, like it's not over yet. So when someone yeah. says like they can't definitively say that they saw him walk out the door, like did he not say goodbye to people? Were they all just like in another room and he said bye and then he walked out and the front door was like way down the hall? That could totally be the case. That could totally be the case. Also, we're not privy to the interviews that the RCMP has had with any of these individuals. So we don't don't release anything. Yeah, we don't have that information on hand. We just know that what Heather has said in her interview is that as far as she knows, Ryan did leave. But I can't find in, you know, my research or documented any of those people saying like definitively yes ryan left that house okay did any of his friends like james or anybody especially james because he's so close to him say that he had any like you know spiffs with anybody like any beef with anyone any drama any ex-girlfriends or weird like love triangles happening yeah great question so i did find out that ryan did have like a fling with a girl that he was sort of like seeing but it wasn't anything serious Mm -hmm. she was at the party at bottoms but she did not come to the after party oh okay so she wasn't there at all she wasn't there and by all accounts everything was fine like no one said there was any red flags there wasn't a fight that broke out there wasn't you know ryan wasn't like sitting in a corner being moody about something like there was nothing normal yeah nothing to indicate that there was anything going on other than just having fun with friends and yes you know people are drinking they're drinking there's drugs going around so people's perception might be a little Mm -hmm. bit off for sure not to the point where I think anyone was so intoxicated they couldn't, like, put facts together at the end of the night. Right. Is kind of what everyone's saying. Did they interview this girl? Do we know? I don't know. I don't know her name. I don't know anything about her, to be like, honest. I'm, I'm curious if maybe when they were at Bottoms, mm-hmm. he saw her there and he said, hey, like, I'm going to go to this house party. Do you want to come? And maybe she was like, no, like, I want to stay or, like, I might be heading home text me when you're leaving and you can come over or like text me when you leave and I'll come to your place like did did they look into his text message history or any interviews with her to see if they had plans maybe to meet up later if they were having a fling that's not out of the norm to like meet up later totally I had the same question about his cell phone and you know, what kind of text messages were on there? Was there anything to indicate that maybe he was, even even if he was like buying drugs or something, like that Mm -hmm. could be a clue. Like there could be anything on his phone. Mm -hmm. A, his phone has never been found. And B, I have no records publicly that say if his phone was like pinged or looked into. Yeah. I don't even know if it was an iPhone or an Android. I have no information, unfortunately, on the phone, which I think, you know, is probably for a reason. But right, I would love to know that answer to be like, okay, what were his, what were his text messages like in the days leading up to his disappearance? Right, because I mean, if he if he said to his roommates that he was going to come with them, then obviously he had intentions of going home. Yeah. Now that I think about it, so maybe he was 
gonna go home who knows maybe this chick was gonna come over but i guess that kind of kiboshes that theory that he may have been going somewhere else i mean what if he got like a last minute phone call and yeah. as he was leaving was like you know i'm heading home or it could be anything like it i know really who knows could be anything it could have been like at that right time maybe she texted him when he was planning to go home maybe they didn't even have plans to, who knows i don't know why i'm getting onto this but you would think that she would come forward at this point and say and and talk to his mom or talk to someone and say i messaged him at 2 a.m and he said told he was him gonna to come, come over, over. but right. none of that has been released or because you would think that that would be harmless information to have released totally right harmless. yeah yeah so there are a couple of different theories that has been kind of like said online and also from RCMP the main one I think that stands out is that you know Ryan was intoxicated and pretty out of it and he turned right instead of left when he walked out of the party so So this is very important so if you go left like the couple did from his roommates that were a couple if you go left you reach the main road which is well lit and it takes you in the direction of Ryan's place Mm-hmm. But if he left the after party and he turned right, he would have actually hit a dead end as the street kind of ends in a cul-de-sac. And beyond that cul-de-sac area is a ski path. What the theory is, is that he may have stumbled onto the ski path and actually tried to walk on it and wandered into the mountain, like further than anyone could have expected and in the total wrong direction. Right, right. So you can take two different directions if he did go to the right but the wrong way and hit that dead end he could have gone then from there left and gone kind of into the mountain into the wilderness on that ski path or he could have actually taken a bit of a shortcut there's a creek that has a bridge and it actually is it's a little more like if there's snow and there's lots going on it's a bit more to like trek through but you can get to that bridge cross it and go to the other road and his house would basically be right there okay well how sorry how long had he been in some peaks for like maybe he didn't really know that back and this is what his mom says is he she says this wouldn't be known like this wouldn't be a known route for him to take he hadn't been there for very long i think it had been six months at that point and also that's not really it's not the quickest way to get there it's not the quickest way to go home Mm -hmm. it's also really cold out why would you choose that route so he could have gotten lost and i think that's Mm -hmm. the biggest theory that i'm seeing is that unfortunately he's like gotten lost in the wilderness of sun Mm -hmm. peaks Mm -hmm. and it was so cold yeah however if that was the case though like should they not have found him once the snow melted one thousand percent and if not him found his coat his clothes his hat his jacket his keys his cell phone his shoes like literally anything i'm like some peaks is a big mountain but it's not like how far could he have gotten right realistically realistically in those temperatures how far could he have walked and for three years they still do searches for him like they still do searches so it's like how far like the the search area must be huge by this point oh yeah it makes no sense to me when it's the like winter time too like there's no animals out like what do they have in the winter time i don't like bob bears or bobcat no bears are hibernating in the winter (laughs) (laughs) 
this shows there's how no much bears. I know about the wilderness. There's no bears. But like do cougars or like bobcats still, I guess, like they could. But again, you would find some trace of remains after the snow melts. You would find blood in the snow. Like you would, you would see something. So like, exactly. I don't know, man. There was a guy from high school that we knew and it was after we graduated and we heard about how he was walking home in the winter and it was freezing cold and he, I think he may have passed out in a snowbank. Like he tripped and passed out and he froze to death, but they found him. So if that was yeah. another thing that may have happened to him, like they should have found him by now. 100%. I agree. It's it's not like the snow stays there all year round. It does right. melt. And there would have been some sign of him. So I think that in my opinion, I don't know. I, I don't know if this is true because we have not found anything of him. Like unless he put his fucking snowboard on and yeah. snowboarded down the hill or something. Like where would he have gone? Yeah. And how far could he have gotten? Yeah. And how it's far? Just, oh my God. It's, Obviously, he he wasn't driving. Like he said he was going to walk home. He was them. walking. Yeah. So the theory that the RCMP had in the very beginning, like in the early days of his disappearance, they thought that he may have tried to take shelter somewhere in mm -hmm. an outhouse or a shed or someone's basement or something like that. But wouldn't that all have been checked? Like if he had tried to find shelter, like wouldn't all of those places have been checked by they now and someone would have come across it yeah at this 100 percent. Like, when we were snowshoeing there it goes like pretty far back mm -hmm. but along the way there are little huts they're not enclosed it's just kind of it almost looks like a bus stop but it's made out of wood yeah and it's like a little place to like sit and have snacks or whatever so like even if he had like wandered and gotten to a place for shelter like that like you would have found him Yes. Like, I just, I don't understand how there can be no trace of him when he had intentions of walking home. Exactly. And it was so close. And it was so close. It wasn't it was like so close. it was far. It's not, it's... It wasn't this long journey to get home and we have this massive area to search. Like, what, how, po how far could he have possibly gone? I know. And it honestly, this case does remind me a little bit of Maura Murray, where, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. it's different circumstances where she kind of gets in a car accident and then disappears. But in sort of the mountains, in the wilderness, when there's and there was, snow, when there's snow and there was all this speculation that, you know, she could have like she was in a bad headspace and could have wandered into the wilderness to kind of end her life. But you know, we also don't have any indication that Ryan was in that headspace. Right. He, by all accounts, you know, really loved being in Sun Peaks, had a bunch of friends. He was at a party, socializing, mm -hmm. got paid well at work so that he could do the things he loved. Like, there's no indication that he was, you know, getting into trouble or stealing or anything like that. I mean, the biggest thing would be that he was experimenting with drugs and having alcohol when he's of age. Like, he's an adult. Right. So... He can make those decisions. And it's um, it's just, it's so hard. I want to talk about this other theory, though, because mm -hmm. the other theory is that Ryan met with foul play on the road. So 
thinking that a car could have come by and someone saw him like struggling or intoxicated and took advantage of him Mm -hmm. um a i mean he's like six foot something and like 175 pounds like he's not like a small dude so Mm -hmm. 175 is kind of light is it i i don't know if that's exactly true (laughs) but like i don't know if if you're six feet like that is like that's a good height six feet 175 i would say well what's chris chris is like six feet one i think he says he's 180 185 okay yeah okay fine he's not a string bean well, he's not like, you know, it's not like the easiest target in the world. No, like, no, I would, it's not like it's like an average size, like me, five foot one, like walking around at night by myself. Mm-hmm. And I think there is this speculation, though, that there could have been a car on the road that maybe take it, took advantage of him or struck him in a hit and run. Right. And not the no, person not tried seen, to cover it up. Yeah. they Yeah. They panicked. They panicked. Right. So. <sighs> This is going to infuriate you as much as it does me. So Sun Peaks has cameras that log the license plates of people coming in and out on that main road as a way to stop crime. Perfect. This would have given information on the cars that were in the area of that, like that night during the time Ryan was expected to be missing. Can you guess what happened the cameras weren't working ding 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 oh my god was it because it was so fucking cold they're blaming it on the cold weather well they can't even blame it on the cold weather because they updated the cameras so that they would be able to withstand the cold weather it was just not working they were just not working like it's as simple as that bullshit yeah out of service joke what a fucking joke of course they weren't fucking working well, then yeah. that leads me to think, okay, who works for that camera company? Yeah. <laughs> Fucking slime ball. What the heck? Who does number two work for? <laughs> What's that from? Austin Powers. Oh. He's trying to figure out, like, who he works for. Oh, my God. I love Austin two. Powers, and I oh. do not remember that quote. <laughs> it's so good. Okay, oh. but but I have some something extra so there was cctv footage from a local business that was in the main town so to put this into context where ryan was having the party is about a 20 minute walk from like up the mountain a little bit up the road to where he was at bottoms which is also where the ski resort is which is also where like everything like the main town is so Mm -hmm. he's like a little he's quite a ways away but again there's that one road in and out Mm -hmm. so this cctv footage from this local business shows the main road that went to and from the town and he never there were there were no cars no cars that drove by from the hours of 2 a.m to 4 a.m so as far as we know from this footage, we know that no cars left the town to drive into Kamloops or came from, say, Kamloops or another area driving into some peaks at that time. No cars on the road. Hmm. And he wasn't on the camera. And he wasn't on the so camera. So we can rule out that he was in that direction then. Yeah, we can rule out that he was in that area. And I think... It's hard to say that he didn't miss that camera while he was walking if he was in the town. But mm-hmm. there is no one really on the road. It's freezing cold. Right. It's 2 a.m. It's sleepy. 
all the bars and restaurants are closed. Even if Ryan tried to walk back to that main town for some reason, there wouldn't be anything open. The pizza place closed at 1.30. So it's like oh, okay. 2, it's past time. Yeah, like he's yeah. not getting any food. He's not getting anything at this point. Everything's shut down. Everything is shut down. Honestly, the only place he can go is home. So there was a potential witness. His name is Jim Reed. He was staying with friends near the house where Ryan lived. He did tell CBC that he heard a man's voice angrily shouting, get in the car, get in the fucking car. What? So Jim reported this to the police, but there wasn't any evidence to tie Ryan to this situation. There, the police do not believe that Ryan went in the direction of the town and where this witness heard this kind of like altercation or whatever was not nearby where Ryan would have been. So okay, it's quite hard to tie him to this situation. But I mean, that's it's not that it's out of the question. It could be someone like... I was thinking, could it have been like a drug deal gone wrong? That's or, what like, I was thinking. Like, something maybe they like thought that. like was he the one who purchased the the drugs and there was some sort of bad blood going on, like you didn't pay me enough or you gave me shitty drugs or Yeah, exactly. I was wondering the same thing. Those are really the two main theories. The other one is about the party. Could something have gone down at the party? But In my opinion, so many people were interviewed. There were Mm -hmm. so many people in and out of that party Mm -hmm. that it would be pretty hard for so many people to keep that secret. Mm -hmm. And Heather, Ryan's mom, does feel quite confident that his friends are telling the truth and that Ryan did leave that house that night. Mm -hmm. We don't know this for 100% certainty, but I don't think that putting blame on these kids at this house party is really like the answer in this case. No. It's all just drunk, innocent, like, yeah, we're fucking heading home. Like, okay, bye. Like, yeah. I know when I'm at, like, friends' houses, like, you know, the front door isn't always in direct view. Yeah. So, so he could have like, rounded the corner and yeah. taken off. And but no they one saw him with his said. Yeah. They, they saw him put his jacket on. They like, that's, on. that's for sure. It's just so frustrating because it's such a small fucking chunk. It's such a small distance to get mm-hmm. home. You were so close. What the hell happened? Like, how was there just no trace? There's nothing, not anything belonging to him that was found. Nothing. How does that happen? Like, if, it, if there, whatever happens when there's an accident, there's usually a trace. There's mm-hmm. usually a trail that explains what happened. Like, there's something something is more presentable and it presents itself Mm -hmm. this makes me think that something weird happened and someone's not talking i just i just don't know i think what after going through this case and researching and listening to ryan's mom talk about it i lean more in the direction of him wandering somewhere and getting lost and we just haven't found him yet and even though it seems impossible, like to me, I'm just like, there's no evidence of cars being on the road at that time. There's mm-hmm. no, everyone's been interviewed thoroughly. Keeping that secret if something did happen, like say he mm-hmm. overdosed or something. And mm-hmm. like, why wouldn't they have called the police? Why For wouldn't sure. they have called 911? Like, these aren't bad kids. They're mm-hmm. not, they're not like, you know, in a gang. They're not criminals. They're not, they don't have a history of this. Like, it's, 
it's James. It's his best childhood friend. Like, it's, it's so, to me, seems so innocent from the kid's point of view. Oh, for sure. That I have a hard time believing that something happened at the party. I definitely don't think that anything happened at the party or it has anything to do with his friends. But it could very, very well be, like, what if this girl that he was having a fling with had a crazy ex-boyfriend? And she's too afraid to talk Maybe. about it because he's like, so fucking scary. There's, like, some kind of side story that we don't know about. That we don't know about. Yeah. It just seems so fucking weird. Like, I get it. Like, people wonder. But, like I said, that other story of this guy from our school, like, he he wandered he fell he passed out and it's like how do you not find him i know it's if it's he's not trying to hide so like why is it so hard to find someone who just like accidentally passed out or od'd or froze like who knows it's also been three years almost three years coming up on the three-year anniversary and nothing has been found there has been no sign of ryan Freshly fallen snow has literally wiped away any kind of footprints or any evidence of where he went after the party. And that was also a very big issue because it snowed the day after. Mm-hmm. And, you know... It would have covered you, up any tracks. If you think about it, they didn't realize that Ryan was missing until, you know, if he went missing at 2 a.m., they didn't report him missing until later that evening, 7 p.m., 8 p.m. So... If it snowed that day, footprints are erased. Oh, yeah. Tire tracks erased. It's really hard to find evidence in the snow. And search and rescue teams have scoured the area of Sun Peaks, and there has been no sign of him. Like I said, no cell phone, no clothing, no keys, nothing. If he was wearing runners, like, how far would he have really wandered, to be honest? Like... Yeah, he's not in, like, hiking boots. Yeah, he's not in hiking boots. Like, there's no way. His clothes would have been found. Yeah. No, I trust no one. (laughs) And... (laughs) Suspicious of everyone. I am... Yeah, I am suspicious. Like, this doesn't seem... This is not sitting right with me. It is a true mystery. I don't know. And, And it's tough. But if you do have any information in this case it is of course still open ryan is still missing please contact the kamloops rcmp at 250-828-3000 there is a fifteen thousand dollar reward for anyone who provides information that leads to ryan's whereabouts when you drive into sun peaks there is still a billboard of ryan i've seen it yeah He was young, he was vibrant, and he had his whole life ahead of him. We hope that someday we will find answers so that the Stuka family can finally receive some closure. Until then, we are still left wondering, whose crime is it anyway? Thanks so much for listening to another episode of Whose Crime Is It Anyway? We'll be back in two weeks with a brand new case. Until then, follow us on Instagram at Whose Crime Podcast and on Twitter at Whose Crime Pod. And if you would like to donate to our show, you can do so at buymeacoffee.com forward slash Whose Crime Pod. Bye. Toodles.